0: Welcome to Passionate World Talk Radio, Educate, Enlighten, Entertain. And this afternoon, my special guest is Dr. Dory Lynn, who has achieved an awful lot in her life. So good afternoon, Dr. Dory, and welcome to PWTR.
1: Good afternoon, and thank you for having me, Lillian.
0: Well, I read your bio several times and I knew that this was a individual that I wanted my audience to hear from because you took life by the reins and went out and got what you wanted for yourself and along the way you also did non-traditional women role things,
1: which... That is all true.
0: So I would love... That's okay. Sometimes I talk too much. So could you just give yourself a little background to the audience so they understand what I mean by non-traditional women things?
1: Well, um, I tell people... I've lived a life of abundant adventure, which means there have been a lot of highs and of course some lows. Because anytime you go off the beaten path, you have to be willing to take a risk. And the risks themselves, hopefully you do risk taking safely, but it's not the risking itself, it's what you learn from it, I believe. I uh, was very young. I went to graduate school pre-Women's lives, and uh, I will tell you that I walked over to Columbia University, and Columbia University said, don't even apply. You're married. You don't live in the state. You're going to have a baby. We don't want to, and I was still naive enough to not fight them, but I walked, just walked down the street to another school and got accepted. That would not happen today. Uh, after that, I've uh, lived on a farm, grew all my own food, and still grow most of it organically and um, healthily. That's for 40 years ago. I went on to be a psychoanalyst, which was not very popular for women. What most people in therapy don't realize, it's now a uh, female-dominated education and field. When I went to school, it was male-dominated. I was one of two women in my class, and from there, I wasn't very happy with how I thought People were changing, so I went off to India to learn Eastern philosophy and Eastern holistic healing, and I've been back and forth to India and to the East a number of times, and India and and the East are places you either love or hate. They're very, very different, and um, I loved it and brought back two children. Over 40 years ago, I've been married, divorced, single, a single working mother, uh, a businesswoman. I went on to write three books. I'm on my fourth, Uh, and I've had uh, quite a significant media career, uh, including doing all of the media and sex online and uh, uh, on TV for AARP for a number of years. Uh, Lost an Emmy to Oprah. If you have to lose an Emmy, she's a good person to lose it to. And um, I think my life has been adventurous. And at the age of 79, I remarried. And this one hopefully will be my last. It's a wonderful marriage for This stage of my life, and I like to say that because I tell people that some people stay in a marriage or in a relationship for a long time and you both grow, and it can be good or bad. In my case, I switched lanes a few times, and that's just the path of my life. So I've been, as I said, single, working. Raised a family, grandmother, soon to be great grandmother. I hope um, fly a plane, scuba dive, sail. Well, I don't fly a plane anymore. I wouldn't. I don't think I'm as good a pilot any longer. So I've let my license lapse. And um, that tells you a little bit about my life adventures.
0: And I think it's important for a woman today to understand that the only person that is holding them back for moving forward is themselves, because I find that there are a lot of young women out there now who want to give up some of their freedom to be taken care of by a man, and I
1: think that's tragic. Well, I would not go as far as tragic. I think there are different needs and people have a right to live live their lives one way or another. I can only speak for myself and say that my life and the willing to risk has been well worth it. I have traveled to 80 countries I'm not sure if it's 78 or 80, and lived in a few others. Um, But that's been my life. It may not be everyone's life, and I'm not going to judge. And I I won't judge what's tragic. Uh, It's hard to walk in somebody else's shoes without knowing their reasons. So I'm going to stay a little more open-minded on this. And also people change. You know, there's, people aren't getting married as quickly or as easily anymore. And living with someone for a long time is very acceptable. So there are many variations to life and to even sexuality. You know, we we have really changed in that way. Have we changed enough? Are we equals? No, not in my opinion. But given how long I have lived and the things that I have fought for, I have seen positive change. And women do have choices. And that's the important thing. There was a time when women really didn't have very many choices.
0: Yes. I agree with you. And I guess I'm not trying to be harsh, but the women today have more opportunities and choices available to them than we had back in the 40s
1: and 50s and 60s. They have way many more. Unfortunately, the downside of that is sometimes they wear so many hats and have so much coming at them so quickly that it's very hard to make a a personal decision. There's a bit of a herd mentality still. And women and men, and I wanna give men credit here, have changed so much that finding your own role and your own path is sometimes complicated. Most people like black and white, and that gray makes them very seasick. Yes,
0: absolutely. And the culture has changed. The image for boys in the 21st century now is vastly different from the early 20th century, where cowboys were and soldiers were considered the epitome of what a man should be and what a boy should grow into. And now it's acceptable for a man to cry or to show grief in public. And that really wasn't acceptable
1: back in the 50s or 60s. Not at all. Men didn't do that.
0: Men didn't do that.
1: Men have had to change as, as well. And some have changed significantly and some haven't. I believe we are in as much of a sea change right now you and I today, as we were perhaps in the 70s, and perhaps yes. in the suffragettes, it's yes. a very, very significant time of change. I happen to have an interracial family, and I happen to live in the South. Forty years ago, I never would have. It was not what I would call a user-friendly environment, pre-Martin Luther King. Today, in the city that I live, which is Charleston, which is an unusual city, it's not typical South, uh, it's not even typical South Carolina, uh, I'm not concerned if my interracial family comes to visit or even to live. It's a, a very different environment. There are still. Well, issues, I, yes. But I but think I people do. are
0: more aware.
1: Pardon? People are. I think
0: people are more aware.
1: Yeah. I chose to raise my family in northern large cities because I thought they were more user friendly. And that is a decision that I don't know if it's still mandatory today. It certainly was 40 and 50 years ago.
0: When I moved from New York City to Houston back in the 70s, they were still fighting the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And my son was partially Native American Indian, so he had copper-colored skin.
1: And, yes, Mm -hmm.
0: we had problems. But my son figured out how to turn the bullying around, and he did. So he was fortunate in that respect. And as he grew older, his coloring sort of faded a bit, so he wasn't too pronounced. I do know that when he went to an all African-American high school, he had no problem. He fitted right in. They accepted them. He accepted them. And everybody were happy campers. I can't say about you know, the high school. He went to the performing, high school of visual and performing arts. And they were so busy trying to pass between academia and doing the other, the theater or the art, They didn't have time to really get into trouble or into fights and I think because of that he learned a lot that he took with him as he grew older and of course he got involved with the American field service so he went abroad he went over to Thailand for one summer and then the next year he went over to, to Japan so he really broadened himself he was more a citizen of the world and I think for him that was just perfect and now that he's married and raising his own children, he's doing the same thing with them. And I think it's important for kids to understand that not everybody is just white.
1: Well, I, too, have a multiracial, multiethnic family, uh, ranging from African American to Caucasian to Let me see, we have Korean, Japanese, uh, Taiwanese, uh, Indian from India, and um, I think there are a few others. And then we have some plain old-fashioned Caucasian, and the wonderful thing is none of them at this point in their life have true difficulties and they're all aware if they have them, how to handle them. You couldn't have had that 40 years ago. And we're still, as you know, with the upheavals in America right now, still fighting issues of racism and other issues that are systemic in America, but that are changing. I have a very positive attitude.
0: I think that with the way things are progressing and kids who are now coming up, their DNA is a bit wired differently than the DNA that we were born and brought up with in the earlier years. And because also we were the products of um, World War II and of Korea, and, and of course, Vietnam. And a lot of these kids were brought up where we were not involved in any wars. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping these kids see that there are other ways of solving the world's problems other than using guns, bombs, and <laughs> chemical warfare.
1: Well, it, it, if I were to guess the biggest warfare weapon we, the world needs to watch out for is hacking and downing electricity and computers and technology because our whole world is uh, built around technology now. And that's not very well protected, in my opinion. So we have new issues. We'll see what happens.
0: I know that I, a lot of people are connecting their phones to their
1: computers,
0: which are then connected to the TV and to the electrical uh, electricity in the house. And I just won't go that far. I like to keep things separate. And the idea that anybody can come in with their cell phone, computer, or tablet computer, and open the door if they want to. Or, I mean, they already open your car doors. I have friends who have those digital locks on their cars, which they can open up with their cell phone or tablet. And they've told me that people have hacked into their car system to start their engine, so to speak, and and kidnap their car. And I just won't make it easy for them.
1: Well, I think everybody has different comfort levels. And we live in different environments. Um, I happen to live in an environment that I consider quite safe. And I have lived in areas that are not quite as safe. But you know what interests me, because I'm also known as a sex bird, and my last book was Sex for Grown-Ups, Dr. Dari reveals the truth, lies, and must tries for great sex after 50, uh, which, by the way, you can find at Simon and Schuster. Uh, I'll put in a plug for that. What interests me is also not only how sex has changed, but how sex for older people has changed. And when I was growing up. There were words that you simply didn't mention, such as cancer, menopause, uh, intercourse, penis, vagina. They were not masturbation. mentioned. Oh, masturbation, <laughs> masturbation. was not D.D., so, you didn't
0: mention viral disease either. I mean, you talked about it. The kids knew about it. You didn't talk about French kissing. Uh, there there's so many things you didn't talk, and I think it would be great for us to eventually head in that direction by bringing you back, story, and talking about sex and the penis and the care of it. I mean, guys, if you don't know how to take good care of your penis, you can get into a lot of trouble with it. You have to keep it clean, but there's a couple of things you need to do, and it's something you need to teach your young sons. I don't know about you folks, but when my kid was nine years old, he was physically ready to impregnate any lady he wanted, even though he didn't know it. But he started having wet dreams by the time he was 10. So he was very young when his body matured. So you can't wait until your kid turns 12 sometimes to have that man-to-man talk. Or that I, mother-to-girl talk. I mean, my mother didn't tell me about it. I read it on a Kodak box.
1: Uh-huh. I also think that there's still a lot of prejudice and ageism. And I, what most people don't realize is elders, I say elders over 50, over 65, Seventy-five, eighty-five. 85, uh, sex has no expiration date, like the milk bottle, which says expired by such and such. It changes, and it can be better than when you were younger, and that's a message I want to get across over and over, and over again, because so many people uh, give up in midlife or they give up uh they give up because their body doesn't work quite the way it once did or they no longer look like they did when they were 20 and uh there's no reason that any of that should matter you are who you are excuse me I,
0: I remember an episode of the Golden Girls where Dorothy's mom is caught in bed with her lover, and Dorothy got frank and says, Mom, why are you in bed? And her mother looked at her and with a big smile said, Afterglow. <laughs> and, of course, everybody laughed. But the thing <laughs> of the matter was she was supposed to be portraying a woman who in her late 80s, early 90s, and you still having sex. That's and I right. wonder how many women really caught the nuance of what the uh, writers had created. And basically they were saying, you can still be 105 and enjoy sex. Then right. you still impregnate a young girl or any woman when they're in their hundreds. It does not matter.
1: It's true. It does change, though, and I think what the gift one gets with age is a greater capacity for intimacy, because your body does slow down, and that can be a wonderful advantage. Some people don't need or want penetration, um, but they still can – I happen to like it, but – they can still touch and be very intimate. There's all kinds of variations of sex and this can go on forever. And it's important. We know, we do know including self-pleasuring that an orgasm a day keeps you healthy. It gets all those happy happy hormones going and people live longer. That is in a statistically fact, proven fact.
0: But There was an article in on one of the American Medical Journals saying that sex should become an important part of your life because it gives you a stronger immunity system.
1: It does.
0: Wine, of course. So I think, well, all I need is get sex in my life, have all the chocolate and wine I want, and I'll be in great shape. And I really <laughs> think that it's a state of mind. It's something you really want. And I'll tell you one thing, ladies and gentlemen. I went in to see my doctor because I was having some problems, sexually. And I asked him what the problem was. And he says, you need to go out to a sex store and buy different sizes to help you enlarge that area. So, your husband won't have trouble sliding his penis in because that's, it seems to me, be, because it hasn't been used a lot, it's contracted, I guess is the best way of putting it.
1: And he says you, you, get, you get, get the vaginal good atrophy.
0: Yes, it will, because of that. So, it will, but the skin is flexible down there. So, if you, it's like gradually putting things on your ear to make it bigger or those platelets that they wear in Africa to enlarge their mouths or on their neck. You have to keep on working on it, but eventually it will open it up wide enough so you can receive a man's penis again. And for a lot of women, this is not a big deal. For me, it was a big deal. I, was, I wanted to give it a try. My husband said, sure, because he wanted to please me. Long story short, it worked. So you're thinking, so why is a 69-year-old woman telling me this? Because this 69-year-old woman understands that if you really want to have a good, fulfilling life, for me personally, you need to work at it. Because as Dory says, things change. They do. And you need to go along with the changes, not only on the outside of your body, but in the inside of your body.
1: We're all a little bit like well used cars and things get rusted and they need to be re-oiled and rethought about. And in my opinion, the brain is the biggest sex, sex organ and it's your attitude. I'm not saying everybody in the world has to have sex or has to have penetration, but too many people because they do have atrophy after, um, after menopause, or men do have penises that don't work on command. Uh, there are many aids that can help, and uh, it's fun. And if you don't have a relationship, I'm a believer in relationships. I know you're entering a new relationship. But yeah. uh, people, as they get older, say, oh, I don't need that anymore. I'm too old. There's nobody there for me. It's not true. But that's a whole other topic about how to date. I think our time is almost up. So it is, I mean,
0: but we are going to bring her back. So if you have any questions for her, Dory, give them your email, please.
1: They can always go to d-r-d-o-r-r-e-e at dot ecom Dr. Dory, two R's and two E's, at com. They can look me up on my website, com, and they can see the many articles I've written or where I've been, and I'm happy to answer questions. On any subject. On any subject. Any subject that I know something about. If I oh, don't absolutely.
0: know about it. I happen to yeah. be a known expert on relationships, intimacy, and sexuality. And here on Passionate World Talk Radio, this is the place to find out. And if you're a little bit shy about contacting Dora directly, Email me at LSC at Passionate World Talk Radio and I make sure that Dr. Gory receives it so she can answer you the next time she comes on. So is there anything Or, you want, or if somebody ask? just
1: wants to email, I do try and respond to emails if they are legitimate. Not texts, okay. but emails.
0: Yes, yeah, I understand. Email. Don't don't text her. Email her, and you'll probably get an answer. I want to thank you all very much for listening to Passion World Talk Radio this afternoon with our special guest, Dr. Dory Lynn. And you can hear it all over again on Spreaker.com. You can also hear it on iHeart, iTunes, on Amazon, A-L-E-X-A. Also on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and at https colon forward slash forward slash com, menu right-hand side, click on Cool Your Heels with Lillian, and you should see the audio. And before you go away and stray, Castle, T-A-S-S-O, had this to say, any time that it's not spent on love is wasted. I want to thank all our listeners for joining us this afternoon and remember stay healthy.
2: Stay healthy. Are you looking for an internet talk radio station for your podcast? Look no further. At the home of Passionate World Talk Radio are two women that want to provide a spot for you and your podcast to be heard. There are many other places for your podcast, but PWTR has the audience. You will not be disappointed. Our station has been on the internet for the past 16 years. Call us for more information. 484-364-1032 or text Jeannie White, Station Manager at P-H-E-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-S-H-O-W at gmail.com for our podcast show details. Thank you for listening to Passionate World Talk Radio. You can listen to this program all over again by going over to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash Passionate World Talk Radio.com. You can also hear it on Spotify, Spreaker, Amazon, A-L-E-X-A, amfm247.com, every Tuesday evening between 8 and 9 p.m. YouTube, Facebook, Facebook Live, LinkedIn, and all the other podcast directories one can find on the Internet.